This is Weird Al Yankovic, and I'm here with Dave and Ethan. Together, we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 130-inch. On this week's episode, it's the final installment of our legendary four-part interview with the even more legendary Weird Al Yankovic. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al it's a podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Welcome, everyone, to episode 130 inch, the last episode of Weird Al Tober 2021. Can you believe we are going to be airing the final part of our interview with Weird Al Yankovic this episode, Dave? Yes, I can believe that. And believe me, you will love where the conversation with Weird Al went as we were all starting to get a little loopy by this point. <laughs> but first, before that, we once again would love to thank all of you, our listeners, for making last week's episode, episode 129-inch, again, one of the greatest most listened to episodes of all time. Yeah, and a big thank you to everyone who is still tuning in to episode 127-inch and episode 128-inch, the first two parts of our interview with Weird Al, which still continue to get lots of listens and lots of great feedback. Oh, absolutely. Well, so before we get to this final part of our interview with Weird Al, it's time for This Week in Weird Al-Related News! If you missed it, last Saturday, October 23rd, was Weird Al Yankovic's 62nd birthday! Yay! And speaking of Weird Al's 62nd birthday over this past weekend, we noticed that Weird Al liked a handful of tweets wishing him a happy birthday, including ones from Michael McKeon, Mark Hamill, and, oh, what's this? One posted by... Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Yes, that was pretty stinking majestic that Weird Al liked our birthday message, among, you know, a couple other people like this Michael and Mark guy you mentioned, Dave. But I thought it was really cool. He liked our drawing that was, of course, done by Justin Pyatt, and we had a little message, and, you know, we did make sure to exclude Frank from the festivities. But more on that later. Yeah, well, no one wants to hear from our intern, Frank, anyway. But also among the tweets that Weird Al liked was a tweet from Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. He posted a video featuring unused clips from when they recorded their bit that aired as part of the San Francisco Sketchfest earlier this year. So we retweeted that video on our Twitter, so definitely head over and check it out for more of that really funny interview with Triumph, you know, doing the parody song, saying he thought Weird Al wrote him. It's a blast. You got to check it out. Oh, we have some shocking news for Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas live to film concert experience, which is happening at the Bank of California Stadium in Los Angeles on this coming Friday and Sunday. Yes, the shocking news Paul Rubens, a.k.a. Pee Wee Herman, has been added to the performances, and he will be reprising his role from the film, Locke. Wait a minute, isn't Locke the character that Weird Al was set to play? Yes, so now Weird Al is playing the role of Shock. Wow, that is shocking news. How fun! Now, as a reminder, both Ethan and myself will be attending 
both performances coming up this Friday, October 29th, and Sunday, October 31st. If you're also going to be there, be sure to let us know, as we'd love to say hi. And if you are still on the fence about going, note that the October 29th show is pretty much sold out, but do keep an eye out, because often last-minute tickets show up. And as of this recording, the Halloween show still has some pretty decent tickets left. Yeah, speaking of that, did you know that Sunday is also Halloween? Wow, that's an amazing coincidence. So let's see, we will be going to a Christmas event on Halloween. So Ethan, I know that they wanted us to dress up. Were you planning on dressing up for any of the shows? Yes! Now, so Dave, if you remember last year, I made Weird Al's list of best Halloween costumes, you know, with my Dare to be Stupid costume that I coordinated with Kenneth Gwynup. So I am planning to premiere yet another Weird Al-related costume this year, and hopefully Weird Al thinks it's one of the best this year as well. Very cool. I cannot wait to see it. Well, Dave, are you going to be dressing up for Halloween? I know the last time I was at a Weird Al show with you, you dressed up like Amish Al. Are you going to be dressing up as Amish Al or dressing up as anything Al-related? Well, this time my costume is sort of Al-related. I don't think people will immediately think of Weird Al when they see it, but it's certainly referenced in Weird Al's oeuvre. It's probably more of a podcast meme at this point. Ooh, okay, okay. I have a guess. All right, but just one guess. What is it? All right. You are going to dress up as the tarantula. Ah! Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Anyway, speaking of that Nightmare Before Christmas event, this is really exciting. We will be seeing David Grant at the show. David Grant? Yes, David Grant. Who is that? Who is David Grant? Who is David Grant? Surely you cannot be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Where would I know that name from? I mean, David Grant has been not only our friend, but also our sponsor, and he was interviewed on episode 87 Inch. Hmm, uh, are you sure? Yes! He wrote The Ruins of Our Past. He's known as Sebastian Shepard, Sheepdog, MC Chalkskin, and he has that, let me just say, absolutely incredible TikTok account. Oh, you mean David Grant. I thought you were saying David Ger Ant. I was like, since when do we know an ant? I think you may need a glass of water, Dave. Calm down a little bit. In the meantime, why don't you clear your head and visit wolfinwool.com and follow at S-E-B underscore S-H-E-P on TikTok. You know who else will have the pleasure of seeing this weekend? Our friend Summer Woods. Yes, Summer Woods, her new EP, Chihuahua Hat, dropped on Saturday for Weird Al's birthday, and it features the following songs. Take Me Down. I Remember Larry. Velvet Elvis. Genius in France. And all three of her Weird Al piano medleys. But that's not all. Chihuahua Hat also features a very special cameo on the cover art, none other than... Dave and Ethan. Ha! Take that, UH Jeff. Ha! Take that, Joe Miller. Ha! Take that, Weird Al. Ha! Take that, Frank. Be sure to head to Summer's Instagram, Summer Woods Music, for more information on grabbing her brand new album. Eagle-eyed or eagle-eared listener Brian A. Miller shared on our group, group.2000inch.com, that he caught an interesting clue on Jeopardy recently. In the category of spoken words in classic songs, the $800 clue was, 
In the video, these three people will compete today on Jeopardy. The contestant guessed the song title, I Lost on Jeopardy, correctly, but unfortunately, they were looking for Who is Weird Al Yankovic? Well, Dave, if you were in that contestant's shoes, would you have gotten it correct? I don't know if I would have chosen that category. I probably would have taken Potpourri for 100 instead. Well, if you want to check out the full clip, Weird Al shared the video on his social media. Definitely go check it out. The CW Network recently announced their fall lineup of specials, and one that caught our eye was the one-hour special, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You Now?, that is airing this Friday, October 29th at 8 p.m. Burrito Burrito Time. Among the special guests joining the Scooby Gang for this special episode include Karamo Brown from Queer Eye, Seth Green from Robot Chicken, and the White and Nerdy music video, and... Who's this? Weird Al Yankovic from Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Oh, yeah, we can say that now. How cool. Dave, you mentioned the special was airing October 29th, 8 p.m. What time? Burrito Burrito Time. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Vegan Burrito Restaurant, Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to your reign is Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger. Feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. So visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Oh, burrito, burrito time. Oh, so you mean like Eastern Daylight Time? Yes, exactly. So our friend Dice Equilibrium has posted a full interview she did with John Bermuda Schwartz over on her YouTube channel. It's a really fun conversation that covers his photos and performing with Weird Al, among other things. So check out the interview as well as her other great posts and videos via Dice Equilibrium. That's D-Y-S-E-Q-U-I-L-I-B-R-I-U-M on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. And now it is time for This Week in Ethan Christian and the Eligible Spatulars Related News. On Saturday, Ethan's comedy music duo, Ethan Christian and the Eligible Spatulars, opened for the Found Footage Festival at WAMC's Linda Theater in Albany, New York. And as luck would have it, we were able to secure an exclusive interview with Ethan Ullman of Ethan Christian and the Eligible Spatulars. Welcome to the podcast, Ethan. So how was the show? Oh, hey, Dave. Hey, Ethan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Wow, it was a really fun show. So Christian and I, we opened up with four songs and we got a great reaction from the audience. And right before our final song, I said to the audience, hey, today is actually Weird Al's 62nd birthday. So I want to dedicate this last song to Weird Al on his birthday because this song was played on the Dr. Demento show. So made a little connection there. I always try to crowbar Weird Al into the show. And Dave and Ethan, you're going to love this. I also wore my Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast hat on stage. Very cool. Thank you for representing the podcast while you were at the show. So is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I did want to mention, so I know you guys have talked about it on the podcast before, but the guys behind the Found Footage Festival, Joe Pickett and Nick Pruer, they're both huge Weird Al fans. And so they've listened to the last three episodes of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. And they said it is the best 
interview with Weird Al they've ever heard. So really great compliment. Well, thank you for those really nice words, Joe and Nick. And thank you so very much for that pretty stinking majestic review, Ethan. For more on Ethan, Christian, and the eligible spatulers, please follow at spatulers, that's S-P-A-T-U-L-E-R-S, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Wow, what a swell guy that was. I'm glad he was able to join us in the podcast. Dave, I think it's just about time for us to listen to the final part of our four-part incredible, pretty stinking majestic interview with Weird Al Yankovic. What do you say? I think that's a great idea. And none of us were expecting to have an interview this long with Weird Al. So we prioritized certain questions for earlier in the interview, which led to the interview getting sillier and deeper as it went on. And we just think you are going to absolutely love this final part. All right, let's listen to the final part of our interview with Weird Al Yankovic from Altober 2021. Let's pick it up already in progress. And as some of our other guests have, have mentioned, I don't know if it was members of the band or, or some of the backup singers mentioned that, you know, during the Strings Attached Tour, you would, you would be listening and checking out YouTube videos that fans have posted and, and maybe making notes. I would just love to hear about, you know, that process and what things might have changed. Well, it, it's important for me to hear those because sometimes what the, the audio from people's iPhones from the middle of a, a crowd gives you a better idea what people are hearing as opposed to like the board mix or any other kind of mix that that I might hear from my recording engineer. So even though the, the, the sound quality isn't great, I, I can listen to this and go, listen to like a YouTube video and go, oh yeah, the vocals aren't mixed hot enough or I'm not hearing the horns <laughs> or, or whatever. And, and not that that's, again, the best reference point, but it gives you some example, some idea of maybe room for improvement. So that that's always a process. The first couple of weeks or even first month or so of the tour is all fine tuning. It's like, not only are we like figuring out how to play our songs and how to present ourselves on stage, but it's a continual, uh, process with the lights and the sound and everything else. I mean, after every show, uh, I'll listen to a tape and I will make notes. I'll wow. make you know, pages of notes, notes, notes for the band, wow. notes for lights, notes for monitors, notes for the sound mix. Cause you know, it, there's a lot of, you know, it's gotta be right. And there's a lot of tweaking involved. And then after like the first, again, once I felt, feel like, you know, we've got it pretty much dialed in, then I stop with the notes and and uh, and I just assume that everything was perfect every night. <laughs> I'm sure you'd tell me if it wasn't. We would. Oh, we would. <laughs> okay, good. You can count on us. <laughs> no, I just, I love that, I, you know, I don't know how many bands or musicians I've seen, and I really couldn't imagine they give a crap about <laughs> that kind of stuff <laughs> and, and i i love i i just i think it goes back to you know what we we're talking about earlier is you really care about the fans and their experience and you will stop at nothing <laughs> to make sure that we have a great experience and it's just as a fan that it's really cool to hear that yeah i i have a little thing that i tell myself before i go out on stage i i tell myself i want i want at least one person in this audience to walk away saying that's the best show I've ever seen in my life. 
and you know i i don't know how often that happens but i i do re read a lot of things online and on my twitter feed where people say words to that effect and and how that was you know the best show i ever saw was a weird al yankovic show and believe it or not you know uh but it, it means a lot to me because i you know that's certainly my intention i, I want to give people a show that'll blow their mind, something that they'll remember for the rest of their lives. One of the things we talk about on our bonus episodes, one of the, the kind of memes that happens on that episode is, is there's a clip in the concert uh, from the epic rap battles of history, uh, Bill Nye versus Sir Isaac Newton. And I know where and this is going. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and in that clip, it, it's subtitled, and there is a typo in uh, one of the lines and it says, I think the line is, perhaps it would be better if I added in a bleep or a bloop or another wacky sound effect. And I believe the the clip says effect, A-F-F-E-C-T, where the correct lyrics are E-F-F-E-C-T. And I'm wondering why you chose to put out a typo of that magnitude into your show. <laughs> and if it will be corrected, if this clip ever makes a return if you ever tour again. That's the most embarrassing thing in my entire life. And thank you for rubbing my nose in that. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously I was not, I, that slipped my, you know, usually I pay such attention to detail, but I figured, oh, you know, they, they wouldn't like make a mistake like that in the subtitles. So I didn't even didn't even notice it. So I'm assuming, did now did they correct that? Is that online? Is it like they fixed the it online. version of effect? Yeah, they did. Okay, so so yeah. obviously what happened was I was using like the first uh, mastered version that they that they did, and that was like my copy of the uh, the epic rap battles. So uh, apparently they figured it out in the meantime, and and didn't give me a corrected version. So if in <laughs> fact we ever show that clip again. I'll make sure that your eyes are not offended by that that typo. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that so much. But, but thank, thank you for bringing it. I, I appreciate it. Thank you for bringing it up to me. And it will be corrected if, in fact, <laughs> it remains part of the show. <laughs> yeah, so another meme on our our bonus episode series for the strings attached is that we would often report on uh, during the Jurassic Park song there's a there's a spot in the song where you stop and, and cuz it's a lot it's a long musical interlude and you do some wacky stuff on stage but one thing you do is you drink out of a cup of of liquid which I don't know what the liquid is but I'm going to ask you that question what is that liquid and each time that liquid seems to have a different color, which is your favorite colored liquid to drink? <laughs> you know, I, I, I think uh, James Corden asked me that last week. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not on this show. I haven't done Corden. Um, I, I don't remember exactly. I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it was some maybe like a cranberry juice or some kind of beverage. Nothing that would like... Uh, mess up my singing voice i guess um you know that wasn't that long ago but i, I honestly don't remember some some kind of you know <laughs> festive beverage i'm sure <laughs> and there, there was no i mean there's no rhyme or reason to like the color that was just like you know i drank whatever was on that tray <laughs> i feel like dave and i had an argument about uh when there was and wasn't going to be a um a solo from the orchestra and i think 
I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, I, I don't have this question prepared, but I, I feel like when it was a you don't love me anymore night, then there would be a solo. But the other nights there wasn't. Was there any rhyme or reason to that? Was there a switch off or that could that could be true? I'd, I'd have to I'd have to go through uh, my notes. Um, that that might that might certainly be the case. And I, I think we usually did an oboe solo, except I mean it was a different player every night, and sometimes the oboe player didn't want to be doing an oboe solo, and we couldn't force them. <laughs> right. So it's like okay, the flugelhorn. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the triangle solo with uh, Cat O'Carroll was uh, was was quite awesome. Oh right, right, that was fun. <laughs> that was a great solo, Cat. Thank you. <laughs> you mentioned over the pandemic in a, a number of interviews that you you spend many hours a day playing PlayStation Three. I'd like to know what games you were playing or still are playing, and why have you not upgraded to a more current system? Well, I have. That interview was before I got my PlayStation Five. Thank you very wow. much. Wow. <laughs> You so skipped I'm, the four? I'm now bleeding edge, state of the art. I skipped four entirely. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, be one of those posers with a PS4. Come on. <laughs> what do you play? Are you a shooter guy? Are you Grand Theft Auto Online? Oh man, I, I I feel embarrassed by it just because I spend like way too much time doing this stuff. But uh, 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 a lot of Grand Theft Auto, God of War. Uh, my daughter was into Horizon Zero Dawn, and I just just finished that. There's just a lot of stuff, you know. I, I mean, I could give you a list, but I mean, uh, yeah, just yes. But it's it's a little sad. I, I'd, I'd say it's pathetic. I'd say my, I'm a little pathetic in that regard. I mean, I mean, I think of like Bo Burnham, who like spent the pandemic writing this great special, and like, what did you do? Oh, Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. Do you play online with other people, or are you doing single player stuff? I do, but nobody knows it's me. Do you talk? Do you use the no. headset? No. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I don't. I don't. I don't do that. Your name's not like. I'm very quiet. Not like Alfred or Yankovic or Weird Al. It's is it like no. some kind of incognito? I mean, you would. You would. You would maybe get a clue that it's me, but only. Uh, but it's not obvious. Okay. It's not obvious at all. Okay. <laughs> Can Dave and I play Grand Theft Auto with you sometime? What's that? Uh, we'll see. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, I had to take my chance. I had to try. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you could play Grand Theft Auto with Paul McCartney, you would ask, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I totally changed the subject here. Have you ever been pitched to be on any kind of reality show? I have been asked to be. I've, I've done a couple reality shows. Um, I mean, what was the, what was the? I mean, like the uh, the show where they they fix up your house, right? Jason Alshill, like rock the, rock this house or something like that, or like I forget the name right. of the show, but I did a couple. But but I've I, I've turned down way more reality shows than I've I've been on. I, I get asked all the time to uh, to be on reality shows. I uh, and, and I mean uh, stuff that I probably would have done, like you know when I was doing Circus of the Stars <laughs> in those days. But nowadays it's right. like if, if if I don't really want to do it, I don't do it. Like uh, well, I was asked. Asked a few times to be on Celebrity uh, Family Feud, 
which I kind of would have done, but I ran it by my family and they're like, no, hard pass. No, 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 no. All right. Well, I'm not going to use somebody else's family. So I guess I'm not doing the show. Um, And then uh, I think I get asked every year to be on um, uh, The Masked Singer, which, you know, I like the show. It's fun, but it's just not for me. It's not like what I would think would be a a good time for me. I I, I know other people like Donny Osmond did it. He had a great time. Uh, But I mean, nah, not for me. (laughs) I'm very happy with that decision. (laughs) One more thing for reality TV. And maybe you know this story. I don't know how often I've I've mentioned this, but but in the early days of reality television, there was a show called Celebrity Boxing. Do you remember that at all? Yes, I yes, don't. I do. I don't. It was like you know Danny Bonaducci and 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 right. Dustin oh, Diamond would yes. slug it out like yes. for real. Yes, like for real. Yes. like fight each other. Like really fight each other. Like with you know in a ring with gloves. Like beat the snot out of each other. <laughs> and they're like, "Do you want to be in Celebrity Boxing?" I'm like. <laughs> like we we want you to fight uh the, the wrestler china do you remember her <laughs> she, yes she was a, a, she a, was bit, a big deal wrestler I, i'm not i don't really follow wrestling but she was like a big deal wrestler at the time and i was like well no for just a number of reasons like i don't want to do this show uh i don't want to beat up a woman and and the truth truth is she would beat me up big time because i you know i'm a little scrawny guy and she would just kill me and but i mean the mostly i just don't want to do this show i think it's just an abomination the show even exists um so so china wound up fighting um Joey Buttafuoco. <laughs> so, so, so it's nice to know that Joey Buttafuoco was getting everything I was turning down. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. I, I wonder how they matched you up with China. It's just such an. I have. I I, I kind of think I I probably wasn't even their first choice. I mean, <laughs> well, that's weird. Al, he should do anything. He's weird. <laughs> Were there ever pitches for like an Osborne's, but the Yankovics? Yeah, I've, I've gotten pitched that. The, the, the one that I get pitched the most often, uh, and even to this day, is is basically some version of, let's find the next Weird Al. Like you could shepherd these songwriters to come up with like some wacky parody every week. And like, well, I don't want to find the next Weird Al because I'm already Weird Al <laughs> and I'm still here for one thing. And also... You know, I, I I don't know. I'm just I've just never been a big fan of, of reality TV. I understand the appeal, and I know it's it's easy to make and it's cheap, and it's a good money maker for a lot of a lot of stations and 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 uh, and networks. But it, it's it's just not my thing. And uh, you know, I, I'll make exceptions every now and then, but but by and large, I'm I'm not a you know one to jump on reality TV shows. Well, it, it's pretty common knowledge that you're a big SNL fan. I would love to see you on SNL. What do what can Dave and I do? Is there anything we can do to get you on SNL? I don't think so. I mean, um, <laughs> people are like, why don't you get on SNL? Like, yeah, good question. Um, I think they have to ask you. I, I think that's how it works. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not an expert on this, but I think you can't just show up at Thirty Rock and say, "I'm here. I'm going to host this week." <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it would be a little terrifying to do that show. Uh, I Having said that, I, of course I'd do it if they asked, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where it just seems like I would be just like, you know, you know, so nervous because of the long history of the show and the fact that it's live and, and everything else. Um, 
I've been a fan, you know, since 1975, and this is one of those thing, kind of things where, you know, I'm I'm fine having never done the show, uh, but yeah, sure, that'd be cool. Why not? That would be fun. <laughs> that'd be so cool. Now, is something like that where you keep something like kind of in your back pocket says, if I was on SNL, here's what I would do, or if I performed at the Super Bowl halftime show, here's what I would do? Um, I mean... SNL gets written every single week, so I, you can't really walk in, I think, with some preconceived notion of what you would do. Uh, and for the Super Bowl, again, I mean, I, I well, honestly, I, I did kind of like run through it in my mind. In fact, I, I think I wrote sports song partly just <laughs> on because people are like, what would you do at the Super Bowl? It's like, well, I better write a sports song to, to go along with <laughs> Hedge your bets <laughs> for the Super Bowl, and, and on the off chance, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I would, you know. Um, it, it was it was floated that like and again this is never going to happen so this is all pie in the sky but but like that I would perform like parodies with the original artists uh, you know there would be like a, a whole fleet of like uh, uh, Amish dancers for Amish Paradise <laughs> um, I, I think what would be I, I, what would be really cool would be to like you know split it up and have like you know. Flight of the Concords and, and Tenacious D and Lonely Island sort of be the interstitial stuff. Like, you know, I do a song and go to them for something else and then I come back and I'm in a different costume and then it's... So it'd be like the comedy Super Bowl. The, com- the That's superstars awesome. of comedy Super Bowl. Wow, I would love that. Yeah. So this, this is what I think of late at night. <laughs> when, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm thinking about things that are never going to happen. <laughs> what else is never going to happen, Al? What else? Oh, so many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, are, there are a few projects that, uh, like, you know, I've been working on for the last year or two, some of which uh, are, are definitely not going to happen, and some of which are still, you know, maybe going to happen, and there's something uh, which I'd love to talk about, which I can't, and uh, maybe uh, for episode 227, I'll be able to talk about it more. I don't know. We'll see. But, but yeah, there, there, there are some things in the pipeline which, which I hope get you know, get greenlit. And if so, uh, that'll be exciting. When we talked to Mr. Lawrence, and this was a long time ago, he mentioned a pilot that the two of you had written together. I mean, is there something like that, that, you know, you've retired from pitching that you can tell us about? Oh yeah. Um, well, uh, this, this was a long time. This was kind of sad to let this go, but I think this is officially dead for, for years. Uh, I was pitching a animated show based on my children's books, based around the character Billy. Oh, wow. Who was in, you know, when I grew up with my new teacher and me. So, and I was partnered with the Henson Company. So you figured like the Jim Henson Company, Weird Al, New York Times bestselling book. We want to do this show. And we pitched it everywhere. And, you know, all the meetings went well. Like, oh, we love you. We think this is great. Nobody ever bought it. Uh, and we, we've had that, we went on for years fine-tuning it we had an animatic uh yeah of the pilot episode uh made by uh swampy marsh who you know from uh, milo murphy's law i thought it was pretty good i mean i thought it was a really great show we had a cast we had the kids come in and do the voices i thought it was charming fun you know i that's one of those things that you kind of just shrug and go well it's their loss, you know. I, yeah. I think this would have been a great show, and you know, but that stuff happens all the time, which is why I don't don't talk about it. Yeah. Because you know, you work for years trying to develop something, and you hope that somebody is eventually going to, you know, make it a reality, and it just sort of goes away. Um, which is one of the reasons why I haven't been super productive, or you haven't heard from me 
you know, so much in the last seven years is because I've been trying to do something new. I've been trying to, you know, uh, do more TV and feature projects and, and try to get things off the ground. And it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's a miracle when anything gets made. Yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, now I got to ask, was there a theme song for this show that you wrote? Uh... Uh, there might have been, uh, had it been, uh, you know, uh, greenlit, but we, I don't think, I, I did not write a, a theme song for this show. In fact, I don't think the song would have had words if it did uh, have, have a theme song of sorts. Um, there would have been a musical element to it, uh, like a, a song every other episode. Again, probably not like a wacky Weird Al song, but, you know, it's, you know, we wanted it to, music to be a big part of, of the series. Um but, but not to be. It's disappointing to hear. Dave and I would greenlight all of your ideas. Well, so what you got to do is become big network executives. And I'm working on we'll it. We'll just like, oh, okay, okay, we'll get busy. <laughs> Time's a wasted. It, yeah, there, 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 was, there, was, there was one show, and, and again, I can't go into details on this, but there was one show that, that uh, I, uh, I was pitching with Lin-Manuel Miranda like he, he was a producer on the show and the two of us like you know taking meetings like pitching this show I, I can't say what it was but you'd figure okay Weird Al Lin-Manuel well that'll get made right <laughs> <laughs> and it did not we did not sell the show how <laughs> how does this happen I see so this, many so shows this is, they're this, terrible this has been this has been my life this has been my life for the last couple of years it's sort of like like all these shows which like somebody's got to make this right. Somebody's got to, you know, it's it's hard, man. It's really hard. It sounds like but, a no brainer. You know, it, like honestly, it's baffling. What 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 Jay Levy? I think Jay Levy. I'll I'll attribute this just to him. He's but somebody we're gonna say Jay uh, is fond of saying you throw enough basketballs in the air, one of them's gonna land in a hoop. So <laughs> hopefully one one of those one of those balls will land in a hoop, and we'll we'll oh, be able to enjoy it then. Wow. You mentioned uh, Amish dancers for the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm going back a few minutes, but um, I've always, you know, obviously it's been beat to death, the whole Coolio Amish paradise disagreement. But I, I don't know if I've ever really, you know, gotten your internal monologue. What was going on? Were you considering pulling the song, the video? You know, was the was it devastating to you or was it secretly kind of like, wow, this is giving me some promotion? What was your really deep down feeling in that time? Well, I, I didn't enjoy the controversy. You know, I, I, I take pride in the fact that artists enjoy what I do and that they're not offended by it. And I was, I was really uh, shocked and, uh, and, and sad, I guess, that, that, that Coolio was not okay with it. Um, I mean, I don't think there was any talk of, of pulling it from the album because at the time, uh, you know, the, the label, I think before, before it came out, the label said that there's, there was some confusion or controversy or whatever but but basically we'll work it out don't worry about it everything's gonna be fine and i i took their word for it like okay well I, that's not super encouraging but you guys know what you're, you're the label you know what you're right, doing right and uh I, you know i let them let them do their thing and again this this was many years ago so my memory's a little fuzzy so i i, I can't tell you tell you exactly a lot of the specifics but i just remember that you know, it was certainly a surprise to me when Coolio publicly stated that he did not give his permission. And of, of course, I mean, you know, this is all water under the bridge now. Coolio has sort of actually apologized for the attitude, saying that he shouldn't have kind of 
you know, been offended by it or yeah. you should have welcomed it more. And I, 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 to this day, I don't know exactly what went down because it's a lot of he said, she said. I don't know who he was talking to or how the messages were getting relayed back and forth. Uh, it's, it's really unfortunate because I, I wish, you know, that that had never happened. I wish that, you know, if, if, I, if I'd known at the outset that he really felt that way, we wouldn't have done the song. Uh, but I was told that, you know, in the record label's words, everything we get, everything we get straightened out. So um, years later, it has. <laughs> but there was just a very uncomfortable couple of years where I was trying to keep my distance from Coolio because I just didn't know, like, like if he was going to come at me, you know? Wow. <laughs> there, there was one time that we were on the same flight. We were both... I forgot what it was for. I think I think it might have been uh, the opening of a games work in Seattle, whenever that was. It was like me and you know and Beck and it, like all, all these you know random assortment of celebrities were going to this opening. I think it was for MTV. I don't remember. But Coolio and I were both on the same plane, both in the first class section, <laughs> and it was like during the during the middle of Coolio being mad at me and like me oh, like no. not wanting Ooh. to be seen by Coolio. So the the whole flight I've got a newspaper and I'm like reading it like this <laughs> this close to my face. Like, don't see me, don't look at me. I'm not even here. Oh wow. <laughs> In fact, after the flight, I was about to go into the men's room and somebody thankfully stopped me. Ah, Coolio's in there. Like, okay, oh. thanks. That would have been a odd urinal exchange, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I, I guess on the, the complete opposite side of the spectrum, it, it seems like, you know, perhaps you and Chris Ballou maybe have become friends through, I don't know if it was from parodying uh, them and writing Gump, but... Are there, you know, unique connections and, and friendships that have come from parodying artists? Yeah, I mean, Chris is a great example. I mean, I, I uh, certainly met him through doing the parody. And, and I think I consider us really good friends. I mean, you know, we, we uh, keep up with each other and uh, he's a super cool guy. Um, and I'm trying to think, who else? I mean, there, I'm sure there's other examples. I mean, not, not every artist that I do a parody of, I become friends with or even right. or even meet right. <laughs> many times. Uh, but, it, but it's nice when that happens. It's, you know, it's, cool. it's nice to make that connection. Have there been any songs that you maybe wrote with the hopes that you'd get to meet them or perhaps be friends with the artist? <laughs> well, that's certainly not foremost in my mind when I write a parody. Like, ooh, I wonder if I'll get to meet Lord. I, you know. <laughs> in the old days, though, maybe. It's, it's, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's it's just it's always about the song, but you know, you just you just never know. Um, you, you just never know who you're gonna run into it, at, like an award show or something. And and uh, uh, it's, it's it, you hope that they enjoy what they've done, what what you've done with their music, and they're not gonna go, yeah, you could have done better. Right. <laughs> so you, you, know, you, you wanna make you wanna make them proud. Oh, I think it's you know where a lot of people are familiar with folks, of course, like Lin Manuel and and. Um, uh, Jimmy Fallon, celebrity super fans of of your music. Are there any people that maybe we would be surprised to hear that are celebrity, just Weird Al diehards? Oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know about diehards, but I mean, you know, everybody that's ever allowed me to do a parody has liked me enough to let me do a parody. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who who you'd be surprised by. Um, I don't have, have any celebrities stalking me to my knowledge. I don't have, you know, Sammy Hagar going through my garbage at night. Uh, 
So I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, is Ben Affleck a secret fan? Like, has he come up to you at award shows or? or... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I I had met Sam, uh, Ben Affleck once or twice, but I don't think I've run into him ever since I had that line about him uh, in Alsuya. <laughs> and uh, it's a joke, and I hope I hope he doesn't take offense at that. It's you know, I I think he's probably okay. He understands comedy, but but I have not run into him since then. <laughs> I'm, yeah, are there any songs like in um, in Lame Claim to Fame or uh, something like that where you have run into a celebrity? Like, did did Jonah Hill be like, oh, I, I heard you say me in your song? I, I think I ran into Jonah Hill at Heathrow Airport, uh, I think maybe when I was doing Gallivant because they flew me to London for that. Uh, and, I, and he was like there in this super, you know, chic you know, high class, first class lounge, which they allowed me to <laughs> hang out in. And Jonah Hill comes up to me and I, and I talked to him and I, I think, I think at that point, uh, yeah, I, I might've mentioned, Hey, I, I name check you in one of my songs and I don't think he'd heard it before, but he's like, Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> I, had high hopes. I, I think I, I got to mention that to him. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, that, that which which reminds me of my Charlie Watts story, you know, R.I.P. Charlie. But the, the 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 one and only time I ever met Charlie Watts was um, in an elevator in New York City, and the Rolling Stones were staying in the same hotel. And I remember I got into an elevator, and Charlie Watts gets into the same elevator, and it's just the two of us. And you know, normally I'm normally I'm pretty cool, but I'm a I'm a big Stones fan, and and I had just done the the Hot Rocks polka. I said, I said, Charlie, Charlie Watts, hey, AIDS, uh, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and I did this whole Rolling Stones polka medley, and blah, 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 and I just, I'm just like rambling, and you see this look of terror in his eyes, and he's like pressing the uh, the buttons on the elevator. Like, yeah, I, I think I'm getting off on this floor. I'm getting off here. Thank you. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, well, Ethan's going to hate me for asking this question, but... Uh, <laughs> Do you dabble at all in cryptocurrency and have you ever considered releasing any sort of Weird Al or Weird Al related NFT? Uh, the, the more I hear about cryptocurrency and NFTs, the, the less I understand them. Uh, <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just old or maybe I'm dense, but it, uh, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around it. Uh, I, I don't... Uh, I, I don't think I'll ever do an NFT. I, 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 I you know, it's kind of not my thing. Uh, but, you know, it's, th th I guess there's a market for them. I, again, I do not understand them. <laughs> I'm <laughs> it's, so it's hard for me to, it, it, it makes no sense to me, but I, I guess, you know, there are a lot of things in the world that I don't understand. And those are, those are two of them. <laughs> I'm so glad because I, I just picture you releasing these things. And as a collector, I'm going to want to have it, even though it doesn't physically exist. And then I'm going to spend thousands of dollars on it. So I'm just, yeah, stay away from NFTs. That's my advice. I, would, I wouldn't do that to you, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, there are, there are like almost NFTs in the physical world. And one of those is... For, for whatever reason, the I Love Rocky Road 45 picture sleeve is one of those things that there just are not very many of them in the world. Uh, do you have any idea what happened there? Uh, I think John got them all. 
<laughs> Bermuda just hoarded them all, and and he created the he created a market for them. Like, well, if you want them, you have to come to me because I've got them all. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I I have I I know for sure. I somewhere I have at least one, possibly two, as, as John would say, one to have, one to keep. Always, <laughs> always two copies for a collector. Yep. Um, but I, I don't th- I don't think I have a lot of spare versions of that. Uh, I, I I wasn't aware until I heard. Uh, I guess it was John on your podcast talking about it. Uh, I, I wasn't aware how how rare those were. Um, but uh, you know, yeah, I, I guess you know they were expensive to make, like picture sleeves for a struggling artist who was just starting out. This is like 80, 1983, I guess. So they probably you know said, oh we'll 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 print we'll print up a uh, twelve copies and see if anybody <laughs> buys them. <laughs> and are are there other things that you know of that are just out there that that we should try and find because they're hard to find? I mean, like one of the random things is the poodle hat cassette tape is hard to find. I, I wasn't aware of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, uh, again, Bermuda would be like the guy to tell you like all of your weird out collecting needs. I mean, anything that's been officially released, John's on top of it. He, <laughs> he's he got all the info. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I wasn't even aware that, that it's hard to get a Poodle app CD or, or sorry, cassette. So I guess you can't tell us about the Canadian version of the Transformers chromium dioxide cassette tape. I cannot tell okay. you about that. Okay. No, sorry. It <laughs> goes all my rest of my questions. Oh no. <laughs> well, on that on that subject, are there rare things that you would consider to be rare that maybe you see uh, like a lot people ask you to sign? Like maybe oh, there's only a thousand copies of the placebo EP, but I've signed nine hundred and ninety eight of them. <laughs> It kind of feels, I think I made a joke at one point that it's rarer to have a copy of the placebo EP that's not signed because it feels like I've signed all of them at this point. <laughs> Certainly when you're when you're signing things, whether it be at a meet and greet or, or some other autograph session, you know, people are trying to, or occasionally will bring some rare or what they consider rare items. And I'm just kind of curious, uh, what what kind of items are they bringing and what kind of items are you usually seeing there that you might consider to be rare? Well, the, the ones that uh, uh, I'm impressed by are the ones that are long out of print. Uh, Peter and the Wolf, of course. Uh, I, I, I cleared my garage of old uh, vinyl versions of Peter and the Wolf on the last Vanity Tour uh, just because my, my wife again was like, you need like a, a hundred copies of this? Like, probably not. So we sold them. But, but um but even before that, I, rem- I remember one fan came up and had me sign a CD of Peter and the Wolf. And she told me that she had just spent uh, $1,500 to get it Whoa. on eBay. <laughs> and I wow. said, man, you got ripped off. <laughs> really, really, really ripped off. But she spent the money and got that CD. Um, I could have sold her an NFT. I don't know what she was thinking. Um, and uh, so that and like the slow grown album which uh, just just came out in San Luis Obispo, California, like in the late 70s. So that's, I don't know how many copies of that were printed up, but every now and then that'll show up. And that's that's impressive to see. Um, I love Summer Wood's new version of Take Me Down, by the way. That was very cool. It was cool to, to, to hear her do a cover yeah. version of a song I wrote when I was a teenager. That was cool. Yeah, um, very cool. What else? Authorized Owl, of course, is, you know, long out of print. That's always fun to see. <laughs> so that, that, that's how you, and I always say, 
Uh, so original copy or eBay? Because like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> unless, unless you're of a certain age, you probably pro- had to pick it up uh, through other means, other than like original purchase. <laughs> right. Has there been anything where you learned about the existence of it through a fan having it signed? Probably. Um, you know, like mostly the bootleg stuff. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, mo- uh, not not a not official uses, but every every now and then I'll. I'll I'll sign a, a piece of merch or a t-shirt uh, or what, you know, a, something that, that I never authorized. And like, I'll, some, sometimes it's pretty cool. Like, oh, that's great. Where'd you get that? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's, you know, it's illegal, but I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I'll sign it, sure. <laughs> or, or sometimes people, sometimes people will have me, like, they don't do this so much anymore. But back in the CD burning days, I, I signed a lot of, uh, uh, blank CDs that people had burned my music onto from the internet. I'm like, oh, I'm happy to endorse this with my signature. Thank you. It pro- pro- probably had like you know, uh, Elmo's got a gun and uh, when- Windows 95 sucks and all the other songs I wrote that I forgot about. If you ever denied an autograph, is anyone asked to sign something just really out there? Um. I can't think offhand of me doing that. I don't. I don't. I can't. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I don't. I don't think I've ever uh, uh, refused an autograph request. Wow. <laughs> I wonder if that. I, I hope people in our audience don't take that as a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, see, so you have a lot of graphs. This. <laughs> well, you do show up in in uh, two Playboy magazines, obviously fully clothed, but. At least two that I know of. Have you signed a Playboy? Uh, probably. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I, I, I've signed some some Kenny G pictures. That was fun. <laughs> yep. Sometimes they'll ask me to write something uh, specific, which uh, which I sometimes I'll say, yeah, I'm not going to write that. Right. Okay. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll still give them an autograph. <laughs> what a guy. All right. Well, you know, I've reached the end of my questions because I'm going to ask you this conspiracy theory or maybe fan theory I've had for a while. In UHF, obviously, you know, Bob doesn't want you to to die because you still owe him five bucks. But then again, uh, someone who goes by the name of Robert in Why Does This Always Happen to Me? You know, there there is disdain over him dying because he still owed you five dollars. Is there any connection there? Well, as Frank Zappa would say, that's called conceptual continuity. <laughs> so... <laughs> The owing $5 is just a, a thread in my work. And if you can piece it all together, you'll find the totality of, of my zeitgeist. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, another thing that shows up all the time in, in your work is the number 27. What? Yeah, believe it or not, it actually shows up quite a bit in, in, in all your work. You have to go back and listen for it, but it's there. So... Over the years, I think you've said 27 is your favorite number, but I don't know if I've ever heard anyone ask what your second favorite number is. So what is your second favorite number? I, I think it's 1,836, but I, I, I'm not really sure. There's so many that are close seconds. One of my favorites is 1,832. Yeah, between 1,836 and 1,832. It's, you know, it depends on what day of the week it is. It, it kind of fluctuates. Right. That, that makes sense. <laughs> We talked about Al's brain briefly earlier. Is there any chance we'll ever see that as a you know concert only thing or second release or three D 
DVD release. It would be hard to do it uh, in concert because uh, everybody would have to put on their 3D glasses. Um, I, I do have the one eye version, the non-3D version. And I keep wondering if I should post that at some point because, you know, it would be nice for people to see it because it's, uh, you know, it's it's got Paul McCartney in it. It's got Tim and Eric. It's got Fabio. It's got my mother-in-law. It's got like, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool thing. And it's got like a full-on video for for uh, uh, it's for the Brain Song, which has finally got uh, released on Medium Rarities. Uh, but yeah, I'd, I'd love for people to see it. And every year I, you know, email Jay Levy and say, can I post this or is there any chance like anything's going to be done with this video? Because, you know, for the longest time, you know, he was trying to get it placed at, uh, at museums or science fairs or traveling exhibits or whatever. And, you know, I, I don't know what the status is right mm -hmm. now. I, I think after the pandemic, he's going to try again in earnest to see if there's any kind of home for it. Uh, but if if not, you know, then then maybe I'll finally post it so at least people will be able to see it if they want to i would love to yeah I, I was not able to see it in in uh, orange county so i would love to have that opportunity i'd love to show it to you <laughs> if when you show us the video for distance learning you can show us okay <laughs> i'll try to dig that up <laughs> to go back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier some some of these kind of like easter eggs like uh jim Kimo west phone number are there other easter eggs that haven't been found yet i know you know we've the fans have found two backwards messages we know about jim's phone number what are some easter eggs that you have planted that maybe have gone unearthed all these years um i'm, I'm sure you know about the uh the little messages on the early vinyl pressings along the runoff groove so yeah. we, we did that for the first several albums. Um, trying to think what else. Um, I mean, just just the obvious stuff, like the backwards masking stuff. Um, Is there more than just those two songs? I think just those two. And hmm, yeah, there, there there might be some little inside jokes or some some things. Uh, you know, I, there are probably a few things uh, in, in in bite me in that like the the noise, the screaming noise at the end of uh, <laughs> off the deep end. We, we we there might be some stuff in there uh like like sped up or slowed down or something like that that nobody would ever know because who would know um i don't know i mean um nothing's uh nothing off the top of my head but i'm, I'm sure there are a few things uh in my oeuvre that uh <laughs> that, we, that i kind of snuck in there that are so obscure even i forgot about them right <laughs> do you ever put in the any of your songs or any of your work inside jokes that only you will understand or you or a very small group of, of friends or will only will understand. Yeah, sure. Like a ear booker. What does that mean? You don't know, do you? <laughs> and you never will. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Al, for more information, can we, do you have a website or an Instagram? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is, <laughs> if you want to learn more about me, <laughs> use Google. <laughs> Is there a podcast we can listen to or something? I'll give you some information about you. Do a Google search for Weird Al Podcast. <laughs> or type in weirdalpodcast.com. All right. Well, Al, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an honor to get to talk to you as if all three of us were back in early October 2021. Well, thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure. And it was fun reminiscing about all those crazy, crazy things we did back then in early October 2021. <laughs>
Now, this was great, you guys. I, re I really appreciate the time and the effort that you spent. And, and uh, it's really a joy not to answer the same five questions over and over and over. And, <laughs> and this is a, a really a deep dive. And that it, it was kind of it was really fun to like kind of go into corners of my mind that have long laid dormant. So thank you. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast, a big thank you to Weird Al Yankovic for joining us for the most pretty stinking majestic interview of all time. Weird Al, thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor to get to talk to you as if all three of us were back in early October 21. I am just so excited for the year 2057 and episode 2000 Inch when we get to actually talk to you. I'm sure it'll be great. Ooh, that noise means that we have a message on our 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and longtime podcast supporters. Frank, hit play! Hey, Dave and Ethan, it's your old pal Chris, a cartoon-loving geek from Canada. Well, listen, I got something good and something bad to say. First of all, the good. I just want to say that this is by far the best Weird Al-tober ever! Okay, granted, it's the first and so far only Weird Al-tober ever, but still awesome! Okay, now I gotta get on to the bad news. You remember a few weeks ago when you guys asked me if I could go to the all-Canadian-themed Spatula City Superstore and get you to a box of those delicious Kraft macaroni cheese-flavored cookies? You know, the ones shaped like little bats and ghosts and pumpkins for Halloween? Well, you're going to hate me, but it turns out those cookies were a hot seller this year. No, really, I'm not kidding. I stood in line for 27 hours, 27 minutes, and 26 and a half seconds. Yes, I'm that dedicated just to get you guys one box, only to find out that when it was my turn, they were all sold out. And to make matters worse, it turns out that the last box was actually sold to your intern Frank's Canadian cousin, Francois. But wait, there's more! That box wasn't for Francois. It turns out that that box was actually going to Frank's address. So don't be the least bit shocked if Frank ate all of those cookies and didn't leave one for either of you two. Thanks a lot, Frank, you Halloween cookie-stealing jerk. Yeah, 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 I know, this sucks, and I'm sorry. But don't despair. As I've told you before, I always come prepared with a backup. So just for you two, and not Frank because he doesn't deserve anything, I put my cartooning skills to the test yet again and came up with something spooktacular just in time for Halloween. Oh, and here's the funny thing. All I had to do to get some inspiration for these drawings was pour some maple syrup all over a couple of three-month-old leftovers I found in the back of my fridge and watch a couple of episodes of the Weird Al show at the same time. Granted, my bowels will probably never be the same again. But hey, it was worth it. Well, anyways, I sure hope you guys like the images. And until next time, I shall say bye for now. Have yourselves an awesome Weird Al-tober. And, of course, have a safe, happy and healthy Halloween. And as for you, Frank, I sure hope you meet up with a nature trail walking homicidal maniac on Halloween night this year, you worthless holiday-ruining hunk of slime! Curse you, Francois! 
And curse you, Frank, you Halloween cookie-stealing jerk! I wanted those! I really wanted those Kraft Mac and Cheese cookies! We want to thank our cartoon-loving geek from Canada, Chris Sear, for trying to get us those special Canadian cookies and for that fantastic spatula hotline call, but most of all, for the pretty stinking majestic artwork that you sent us. Chris has really been super generous in making such incredible artwork for the podcast, and he really has done it again. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what he likes to do is he, he does like a combo image with both of us, Dave, and then there's two solo images. So the combo image is a monster who was living in the fridge, and he has grabbed both you and I, and he's full of all sorts of great food, and there's a 27, and there's ghosts instead of the O's in our logo. It's so awesome. <laughs> and then, of course, Dave, he has you and I both dressed up in costumes. This time he put you in a costume from the Weird Al show, the amazing Hooded Avenger. That was so cool. <laughs> and your costume is pretty stinking majestic, too. You are dressed as the Waffle King, complete with syrup dripping down your head. And <laughs> it's <laughs> awesome. All the artwork is just so spooktacular. What a great way to cap off Weird Altober. Yes, from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, a big thank you to Chris Sear for all that he's done for this podcast. And be sure to check him out on Instagram at Chris Sear. That's C-H-R-I-S-C-I-E-R-E. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful It's also elevated. Darwin, Minnesota is home to Forsman Farms Darwin Elevator. Oh boy, I love elevators. Please tell me more, more, more. Well, you're in luck, Dave, because this is no ordinary elevator. This is a farmer's cooperative elevator. Oh, that is even better than I could have imagined. Also, what does that mean? Well, it it means it's a grain elevator for farmers. So it's an elevator made out of grain? Like, it's super sustainable and all that kind of stuff? Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's either that or it's an elevator that only grain is allowed to ride on. Or it's both. Oh, yeah, and if it's both, where does the elevator end and where does the grain begin? Oh, stop it, stop it. You are blowing my mind. And during this ad, the only thing that should be blowing my mind is the incredible business and mercantile in the town of Darwin. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Now, I hate that this is becoming a regular segment on the podcast, but we need to apologize for something that our intern Frank did yet again. Yes, so... As some of you may have noticed, episode 129-inch initially dropped last Wednesday, tagged as explicit. Now, we promise to never intentionally have any spicy language of any sort on the publicly available podcast, as we aim to be as family-friendly as any of Weird Al's lyrics. Now, while there was obviously nothing explicit about the episode, through much investigation and research it turns out that our intern frank clicked the button to market explicit before publishing the episode now when we grilled frank about that 
he said that he was concerned about the word semiforms, which was used in the Discover Darwin ad. Oh, man. And, and you know what else that terrible, terrible intern Frank did last week? He made a terrible typo in our birthday messages to Al. Oh, the horror. Oh, the horror is right, Dave. Our intern Frank was so excited to post those messages that he missed the word us. So instead of saying from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, Al, the post said from all of here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, Al. Oh, what are we going to do with our intern, Frank? From all of here at Dave and Ethan's 2000 Weird Al podcast, we apologize for any confusion. You know, as we were grilling Frank during that 27-hour investigation, you know, we mentioned the whole semi-forums thing. Turns out, and he didn't admit to this, but this is just my personal theory, I think Frank was just upset that he was excluded on the birthday image. While our intern Frank insists that this was just an autocorrect typo, I do not believe that for one minute. I think it was 100% intentional. That jerk. Now, as punishment for these truly horrific and unacceptable errors, we have come up with an excruciating punishment for our intern Frank to maybe teach him just an ounce of a lesson. That's right. We have forced Frank to watch a crude and quality YouTube video upload of an uninterrupted looping montage of the scene from the Adam Sandler and Kevin James film, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, where Jessica Biel is briefly shown in her underwear on repeat for seven whole minutes. Sorry, Frank. You do the crime. You get ready for the time. It will be torture. Each week, we are able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at WolfandWool.com, and Angel Valenzuela and David Cash. And thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Kenneth, Jared, Jake, Javier, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Scott, Blair, Adriana, and Frank from the Bank. And thanks to Kat and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave Nathan's 2000inch Weird Al podcast merchandise, such as t-shirts, pillows, towels, hoodies, and more over at shop.2000inch.com. Grab your copies of Black and White and Weird All Over and check out our special bonus book series where author John Bermuda Schwartz walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. Our intern Frank tells us that he will resume posting the bonus episode shortly. But meanwhile, you can listen up through bonus episode 8 centimeter on our Patreon. Because, as you know, our Patreon family gets to hear all bonus episodes early. And don't you forget it! We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. It's a real number. Give it a call. You might even hear your message in a future episode. For everything about our podcast, including the incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit WeirdAlPodcast.com or 2000inch.com. 
And keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thanks to everyone who has subscribed and left us awesome reviews. Thank you once again to our guest joining us all the way from episode 2000inch, Weird Al Yankovic. And also thank you to Brian A. Miller and our cartoon-loving geek from Canada, Chris Sear. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast all Altober long, and always remember to gill and chill. Well, Ethan, it looks like I will be seeing you very soon. Yeah, that's right. I'm just about to board the airplane to sunny Los Angeles for our week-long Weird Al adventure. Yeah, me too. I'm just about to get on the airplane as well. I can't wait to hear all about your trip, Dave. And I can't wait to hear all about your trip, Ethan. Well... I suppose we will certainly have to recap the entire trip and all the Weird Al-related fun on a future episode. I am so looking forward to it. Well, now that we've aired our four-part interview with the pretty stinking majestic one and only legendary Weird Al Yankovic, who do we have on tap for next week? Oh, you're going to love this one, Ethan. Next week, we talk to comedian, television personality, and podcast host Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang. Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang? Nice! See you soon, Dave, and see all of you listeners next week. Wait, wait, wait. Stop the podcast. Stop the podcast. Dave, what's up? I have a plane to catch. No, this is important. I just thought of another question I wish we had asked Weird Al. (gasps) Oh, that is important. Okay, so what was the burning question that you wanted to ask Al that was so important that we had to stop the podcast and risk us missing our flights to Los Angeles for? Well, I was just wondering if Al needs to ask permission for his parodies or not. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Episode 130-inch. Does this count towards my community service? I feel like we should let Al go, Dave. Yeah. What? Hey, I'm, I'm here for you, whatever you want. Are you really? Are you just being nice? You told us you like to be nice to people. <laughs>